Good morning, Minneapolis and other beautiful cities all around the world. <sighs> I'm Leviova <laughs> and I'm an extreme extrovert. So, as you probably know and have been listening to my podcast, some of you, is I've gone on this new journey through sobriety. Um, a life full of adventure, full of pain, <laughs> oh boy, full of emotions. And I just want to remind everybody this morning that sobriety really goes into stages. Um, when I started to go into rehab, um, when you introduce yourself, you state your sober date and your recovery date. And the reason why they have you do that is because both dates are very important. Both dates are very important because um, your sobriety date, you know, is a day that you last used. And then your recovery date is a day that you decided that you were going to participate in sobriety. Whether it was for a week and only drink on weekends. Whether it was only having one drink a day or like, you know, one substance. Um, it's really important to realize that these dates are just... <laughs> they're significant in someone's life. I started my recovery date in 2017. Um, just started, you know, cutting down on substances. Um, and alcohol has just been the one that has just been so hard for me. Just because I grew up drinking at a young age. And being Latina kind of is in my culture. Not everybody's culture, but in my culture, you know, I like to sometimes occasionally have one glass of wine for dinner. Or like one glass for something, you know? <clears throat> my parents always let me try it. They didn't like me drinking, obviously, because I was young, but, you know... <clears throat> There was this one time uh, when I was about, I don't even remember, I was in middle school or high school, and this was the phase in my life where I was leading up to homelessness. Not because of my addictions, just because of environmental factors. Um, my parents had been um, married for 18 years, and... You know, love withers. And there came a time where they had to move separate ways. And when they moved separate ways, not only did that mean move separately away from me, but that also meant to a different country. And so, anyway, before that all happened... <laughs> We were living in, we were living in, living, oh, can I not speak today? Oh, guys, <laughs> oh, be patient with me. They were living, well, me, my sister, and my mom were living 
and a home in a suburb close to Minneapolis. <clears throat> and I had some of my friends over. And I noticed in the fridge there was some alcohol. And I was like, yes, I can't wait, you know, because being young, being rebellious, all of that shit is exciting. And I was like, oh, yay, I'm going to, like, have a fun time with my friends. And so I go into the living room here. And when I go to the living room, I go past the kitchen, and I signal off to my friend, because my mom is in the kitchen. And I was like, hey, psst, let's go and sneak and have a sip, right? So I'm sneaking off to the kitchen, and I'm like opening the fridge, and my mom must have knew. Moms know everything. This is the thing about moms and sisters, is they just know everything. You can't lie. You can't look to your mom in her face and say, Mom, I didn't do that. Moms, no. (laughs) I don't know how mom intellect... But mothers know if you're lying. <laughs> or whatever you're doing. They they have eyes in the back of their head. And I'm like sneaking around. Me and my friend are is like giggling like stupid little kids. Um but you know, we were normal, we weren't stupid. And I reach for the bottle, and I'm like unscrewing the cap, and it's a large—it's a large bottle, so it kind of makes a lot of like ding ding noise. And my mom hears me, and she's like, "Hey, beautiful, what are you doing?" And I was like, Shh. "I was like nothing," and I'm like screwing up. We're like having a shot, and then like I'm on my way to get another, and she's like. Beautiful, what are you doing? And she's coming. I'm like, fuck. And I like to get the screw half on and I like put it in the fridge. And then she comes and she's like, Are you drinking? And I was like, No, I'm just drinking water. Like, in my, the, I was just drinking water. The good water. <laughs> oh. <sighs> Until this day, I still am friends with that person, which is really hilarious. Um, I'm still friends with that person, and to this day, occasionally we'll bring up that story, and he'll be like, oh, are you drinking the water, or are you drinking the good water? It's funny. It's funny because we can laugh about it now. But one thing that I noticed is when... I become a parent. You know, you can't really prepare yourself for anything. You know, you can't prepare yourself for much, really. Except for loving your child and giving the best that you can and giving them the best life that you can possibly give them, right? And so, I'm not blaming my mother for anything because she did a very good job. And she loved me with all her heart. And she did the very best that she could for me. But knowing that alcohol, uh, alcohol runs in my family, I would probably 
definitely have to have a conversation with my children. Because I know that it will come up eventually. It will come up. And if I don't address it... You know, whether they become an alcoholic or not... That... See, there's... For me, a lot of people are like, oh, it's because of underlying abuse or underlying <coughs> stuff, excuse me. Underlying neglect. Okay, that makes sense because that was all of my life. <laughs> makes sense. Um, but I also believe that you could probably have the best of life and still have problems with a substance. It just depends, you know. And mine just happened to be more environmental. And I think for some, it's more physical. It's like a physical dependency. And I know that in my family, it kind of has both, you know? Both kind of go together hand in hand. You know, it's a very, very beautiful day today in Minneapolis. (laughs) I'm going on the bus. Yeah, it's a very, very beautiful day in Minneapolis. And it's snowing. It's snow raining. Snow raining right now. And I'm just getting on the bus to go to work. And I hope that everyone is doing okay. I hope everyone is happy and cared for and loved. honest one emotion that has really kind of gotten me really fumbled lately (laughs) is like defeat when I feel defeated when I feel like frustrated this is an emotion I still don't know how to deal with this is an emotion I still don't know how or what to do with Like, honestly, like, sometimes I'll feel defeated because I got to work late, or I didn't have enough time to eat lunch, or I, you know, made a little mistake. And because I'm such a perfectionist, I keep on saying this, (laughs) but even though I am a perfectionist, (coughs) I realize that nobody is perfect. No one can be perfect. But for me, in my brain... I want to be perfect. And this is just a characteristic that (laughs) I'm blessed and cursed with at the same time. (coughs) One thing that was very beneficial for me, however, is learning where you store your stress. For me, when I get really upset, my throat starts to close. (laughs) <laughs> like this. <laughs> I still I start to cough. When I get really sad, I start to be like <coughs> I start to gag. I start to get really nauseous. Um and I'm learning some ways on how to deal with that physically. <sighs> For example, heat and cold really help some people. I always like to drink cold water at work. I have a water bottle where it can have ice in it. 
And that way if I get really frustrated, I can put the ice on the back of my neck. I can feel the cold water in my throat. And it kind of allows me to be at, in the moment. Being in the moment and really analyzing what's going on right now. Because for me, when I get really upset, I, I hear my father's voice. He's, he was a very critical father. A good father, but very critical. I'm almost home. I'm almo <laughs> almost home. Oh, God, I wish. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, I was just listening to what street we're on. On our way to work. But anyway, I always see I always hear my father's voice. He's very critical. He's always like, You have to be the best. You have to be perfect. And when I'm not this way in my brain I'll I'll hear instead of encouraging things, not very encouraging things. I'll hear like, Oh, you're really stupid You know, or I'll hear like you're a dumb bitch. Or I'll hear like, why are you acting so dumb? Why are you retarded? And I noticed I talked to myself like that and I can't... It's not good to talk to yourself like that. It's not good to, you know, look in the mirror and become your first enemy. And this is something that has been really hard for me in regards to sobriety is because when I used to drink, I used to kind of put all those critical, you know, that critical voice or the flashbacks of whatever happened to me in my youth. You know, I'd, I'd drink and it, my head would get fuzzy and I'd black out and it would be gone. It'd be cured, I would, I would think, I thought. And I could move on. But, you can't do that. <laughs> you know, you can, you know. And I, I did. <laughs> but, the thing that is the hardest with that, is when you fix a feeling with a substance, it only really covers it like a blanket. It only covers it for a short amount of time. For me, it covered it for f 17 years. It covered the hurt for 17 years. And now that I'm, you know, almost 30, I am discovering these things about myself that I, you know, maybe would have, to have discovered a long time ago. But I didn't have the resources I didn't maybe know that I could do these things. Growing up, um, my father was very superstitious. He was um, very heavily Catholic. And um, the thing is, like, we, when we grew up, we didn't we didn't take a lot of medicine and to this day this is what's been kind of interesting to me is when i go you know for mental health or anything really medicine really scares me um not so much like you know not so much the physical all the time 
you know, like, if you have, like, a uh, sunburn or, like, a abrasion or something, like, I'm, it's fine if you, like, you know, put, like, a antibiotic. Antibiotic or, like, a medicine. Like, that doesn't bother me. But, like, in regards to, like, if you say you're depressed, right? And they're like, oh, okay, we're gonna just give you a pill to fix this. That really scares me because, one, I've had depression all my life. Um, and two, because I've self-medicated for such a long time, like, I feel less normal when I'm on medications, physical medications. <coughs> and this is just me. Um, that's not everybody. I have some friends that take medications, you know, for cravings or, um, mental illness. And that's just not me. <laughs> I can't do that. It when I took one um, antidepressant, I just felt so different. It made me feel foggy. It made me feel numb. It felt, and I was nervous. I was scared. So, I've also been trying to think of a lot of, or not think. <laughs> Makes me feel like I'm thinking these up in my head. No, um, no, I'm investigating. I should say researching ways um, to, you know, soothe the symptoms of mental health issues and, um, you know, childhood trauma. I'm just trying to find natural ways to soothe these symptoms. And some things work really great. For me, like, having cold water all the time helps. Because, um, like I said before, I store my stress in my neck. Um, sometimes if I uh, get too frustrated or sad or angry at life or something, I also notice that I'm not hungry. I don't like to eat because my stomach starts to hurt. I swallow a lot of my tears. That's another thing that I'm kind of learning also, is it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be upset. And I haven't cried a good cry since psh, I started rehab, honestly. Now I almost cry every day. <laughs> I almost cry every day. And it's good because I have to get those feelings out. But then after those happen, you kind of have to self-soothe. Self S-E-L-F. Self-soothe. And learn how to relax and also learn you know you have to be your own best friend that's the thing is like you can't really go to other people to help yourself or soothe yourself when I think of like self-soothing I think of like you know if some if you get hit or with something at work like a problem or an issue and your feelings are hurt and your soul is crushed for whatever reason like how do you fix it like how do you go home and say you know what I am okay and when I'm at work I need my water man <laughs> I need my ice water if I don't have my ice water when I'm upset ooh. 
sometimes I pause a little bit because the bus is saying something, you know, it says like, oh, we're in downtown Minneapolis, and I just want to hear, so sorry about that. Um, and some things are easier than others, you know, like, they'll say like, oh, you can bring a ice pack and put it on the back of your head, yeah, that's amazing at home. At work, I can't do that, really, because me, I'm a supervisor, I kind of have to be on top of things. Um, and I could, but, you know, some things are more normal looking than others. Like, having a water bottle is normal. Um, soothing can happen with the five senses. So in rehab, I learned that you can soothe yourself, you know, with auditory things, like listening to your favorite song, listening to something peaceful. I really like natural, like, nature sounds. I like flutes. Um, I like music that's like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I can't even explain it, but I like music that's like, soothing and calm. Um, no words. Sometimes I like to listen to, um, music from languages that I don't understand. I like to listen to French music. I love to, Fran uh, like, uh... Grimms is one of my f favorite French artists. And I like to hear listen to his music because it's lively. Um, if I ever want to feel like, you know, getting up and going and dancing and like maybe being an active person, I like to listen to him, you know. I like to listen to Spanish music because I have to practice my language. <laughs> Obviously, I have to pra I practice the language of my father. Um, I sometimes like to listen to just instruments. I like to listen to Native American flutes. Well, these things soothe me. Because sometimes if I listen to a music in a language that I understand, it triggers me. It triggers me, you know? It triggers me for no reason. You know, somebody will say like, oh, shots, or something, I don't know, <laughs> something random, or like, oh, this is, uh, something you would mean, you know, think aggressive music really triggers me, and it makes me feel anxious. I don't like when people yell, I don't like when people get aggressive, it, make, it makes me really scared. And so, I don't like to listen to that music. And... It's just very interesting. Because I'm happy that I found this out about myself. At first I was like, man, I should just suck it up. I should just suck it up and be like, why am I being such a, <laughs> you know, per weird person? But the fact is I'm not a weird person. It's okay. <laughs> Sometimes people like to listen to white noise, you know? Sometimes people... I don't know, I like to listen to rain. That's all very soothing. Sight. Soothing things that really calm me is I love to look at art. When I'm at a museum, I like museums because when I'm overstimulated, museums are very calm, but yet very visually stimulating. And I like to look at all the beautiful colors and I like to kind of look at the art and think, what did this person 
think in their brain, you know, when they were doing <laughs> this art piece. Were they frustrated? Were they happy? Were they maybe in pain? Did something very exciting happen to them? And that's why I like art. It makes me... It makes my brain wonder. And I like it. I like it a lot. You could even do the sense of smell. One thing that really calms me is coffee. I love the smell of coffee. I love the smell of breakfast. Breakfast foods, which is kind of funny because I'm not really a breakfast food person. You know, I'm not a person that actually really goes for many breakfast foods. But I love the smell of them. I like the smell of pancakes. I like the smell of bacon. And so with that, I usually cook. I usually wake up and cook for the people in my household. I cook for my sister. I cook for my boyfriend. Because it genuinely makes me happy. It's a small thing in my life that I can do to remind myself that life is very pleasant. And it can be pleasant. The sense... The third sense is a sense of touch. Sorry if I'm speaking so slow. I kind of had a mental breakdown yesterday. Um, but it's okay. I'm okay. Um, but through the sense of touch, like going in your room and like opening the window, feeling the cool air on your body. It's nice to open a window when it's not too cold, not too warm, and even snuggle in a blanket. I feel like Minnesotans are the kind of people that always kind of have blankets around. You go to someone's house and you know they're Minnesotan when they have a big old pile of blankets somewhere in their house, you know? Because <laughs> as a Minnesotan, you always have to have blankets. It could be in the middle of the warmest months. And, you know, you might have one month that's a little bit... One day you just wake up and you're like, Oh, today's a cold... <laughs> a cold, cold summer day. And I like that. I like that about Minneapolis. I like the variety of it. I like that you have to wake up and, you know, it might be February... Might be a cold February, but one day you might wake up and go to your car and be like, you know what? This is actually warm today. I didn't even need my jacket. You know, it's kind of spontaneous. It's kind of thrilling in a way. <laughs> it's not so thrilling when you wake up and there's a big pile of snow sometimes, but other than that, it's mostly thrilling and kind of exciting. <laughs> um. But yeah, I love I love um fuzzy like comfy things. I like pets. When I'm really stressed, I like to lay down with, you know, and snuggle with my dog and watch TV. I like to pet her. 
and feel her warm fur. And she makes me feel relaxed because when... The thing about animals that I really like is that they don't judge you. You could be the biggest piece of shit. (laughs) And they just look at you like you're the most beautiful person in the world. And I absolutely love that. I need that in my life. (laughs) That's why I love dogs. I love cats. Obviously, you have to treat animals with respect. Obviously. Because, you know, it's good karma. You know, even if you are frustrated with them, you know. (laughs) You can't hit somebody like that. You can't hit, like, a vulnerable animal. That's not nice. Don't do that. (laughs) Not that anybody that listens to this podcast does that, but I'm just saying. Some people do, because... But that's a different topic for a different story, you know. For a different time, you know. Some people think that animals don't have souls, and that's an interesting concept to me, you know. I won't go too deep into this concept, but it's an interesting concept to me because, um... How can something not have a soul if they have eyes, and they have a heart, and they have lungs? Even animals, you know, even animals like worms, that they don't even have bones, you know? They don't even have the same things that we do. But why do they move around? Why do they look for food, you know? Why would you look for a substance to survive? If you didn't have a purpose to survive. You know? That's just my... This is just my idea. Not gonna go into that, but... Anyway. Some people really like those heating pads, you know? Like heating pads on their back. On their neck. I'm gonna try not to say, you know, you know, you know. Again, that pattern. But some people like to take a bath. I, when I'm really stressed, I like to take a shower because when I grew up, my mother always told me, if you're having a stressed day, take a shower. Wash all the nasties away. You know, wash the nasty karma, the nasty energies, you know, the nasty things that went all in your bad day. Wash them all away. Put them down the drain. And I still do that to this day. I still, when I'm really having issues (laughs) focusing or, you know, even being motivated with sobriety, I'll go in the shower and I'll take the soap and I'll just be like, okay, all my unfrustrations, all my negative thoughts and self-talk, you are going to be washed away today. Not right now. And I just like to watch them go down the drain. It's really soothing to me. Okay, so we did um, smell, sight, hearing, auditory. <laughs> trying to think of other ones, really. Oh, well, one thing that I really like, it's kind of like with the shower and the bath. It's like when you go swimming, like your whole body is emerged. I love, love, love going swimming so much. It helps my soul so bad. (laughs) It makes me feel 
like all around, nice and cold. And I almost like put myself in a situation. I always like to envision myself like a fish. Like I'm like, you know what? I'm not Vivian. I'm not this person that got abused. I'm not this person that, you know, did all these things bad. I'm not this alcoholic. I'm not this person. Not right now. Right now, I am just swimming and enjoying this moment, pushing my body. Exercise for me has really helped personally. Um, I love exercise. I love dancing. Um, I kind of talked in my other podcast about being stuck in your head, being stuck in your emotions. And that I have been stuck lately. So that's why I've been really trying hard to focus and be in the moment, you know. Because once you get stuck in your emotions, in your head, in your top head, you know, on the top, I kind of think of like your forehead, you know, like your forehead right above your eyes, right above your eyebrows, you know, when you get stuck there, you know, everything you see in your life is because of that emotion, you know, like if you're feeling, it's kind of like ignorance is bliss in a way, not really, but like, say you're having a great day, or you're feeling love, and you're feeling that emotion right in your head, right, and when you look around Everything in your being and everything in your life looks beautiful, you know, because you're looking through that emotion in your head. And it kind of can curse you, too. Because if you're feeling angry or betrayed or devastated, like that emotion is there. You know, like someone can say hi to you, but normally you'd probably be like, oh, hey. You know, like, hey, guys, be all happy. Because, but because you're in your head and because you're feeling that emotion and you're seeing with that emotion, like, someone could just say hi to you and you're like, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe she said hi to me. What the heck? You know, I, I, it's weird how that happens, but it really does happen. And, you know, and... This is kind of what happens when you get, like, a flashback, you know? Like, if... Like, I, in my my past, young life, I experienced a lot of violence. And so, when people get angry and start yelling, (laughs) or get really physically aggressive, like, physically irritated, I realized that I kind of get to this place in my head where I'm like, oh, like in my, in my brain, like in my mind, I know like that they're not going to hurt me, you know? I know logically that some people in my life are not going to hurt me. They're not going to hit me. They're not going to abuse me or molest me. But... My body, my muscles, my, the muscles that hold my body, they remember everything. They do not forget. Your muscles never forget. And so my muscles in my body, they get tense. And it, when I get tense, I remember 
the feelings of getting tense and for why. And that triggers a memory. That triggers a memory that triggers a flashback. That triggers negative emotions like fear and anger. Because I think that this person is going to attack me. And it's really good to like just kind of analyze what is actually happening, you know? <clears throat> and in our life... Sorry, I had to clean my throat. I'm getting a little bit <clears throat> upset. I'm not triggered. I'm just upset a little bit. Because, you know, it's kind of a hard thing to talk about. Um, but it's good to think logically. And unfortunately in our lives, we can't just be like, Oh... <laughs> We're gonna be in la la land. Everything's fine. Everybody loves each other. Oh, God, I wish. I wish we could be like skipping down the, you know, street like oh, you know, roses and rainbows. I wish. You know, how fancy would that be? Life would be miraculous. Everybody wants that, but that's not realistic. You know, <laughs> that's never gonna happen perfectly. You can have a utopia, but even in a utopia, sometimes the grass dies. <clears throat> you need to water the grass. <clears throat> and that's what I'm realizing. In my soul and in my being, I need to give, put it, you know, a little bit more fertilizer. I need to give my grass. <laughs> Sounds nasty. Sorry, I'm weird. Okay, but I need to, you know, rejuvenate my soul. Give it more water. And we're not going to use grass because I'm a weird person. I think too pervertedly. But, um, you know, you have to fuel your person. Give it a little boost. And I'm realizing now that I kind of had this moment in my life. I have to give it a little bit more nutrients for it to stay focused. And something that also has been coming up lately is I just... I realized that I have this warped sense of someone's going to attack me. You know, everybody. You know, my, my fiancé, well, my, or my boyfriend, my partner, whoever, doesn't matter. <laughs> Whoever's in my life, my sister could do it too. Um, your mom, who knows. Um, but when, you know, when we start to argue, I'm the person that always yells and gets aggressive first. Because in my past, I always say past life, but that's how I kind of feel. In my young life, you know, the, my father was the one that always attacked me. So, with anything, when I didn't even do anything wrong. And so when somebody comes, you know, and attacks, attacks me, a quotient, you know, quotation marks, I always get a mean first. I always yell, you know, I always say mean things that I don't mean to say. I always want to hurt the other people first before they hurt me. It's funny because I saw this thing on Netflix. Um, what is it called? It's called Jenny and Georgia. 
I've been watching this show on Netflix called Jenny and Georgia, and uh, she said something about bees. She says that, um, you know, what do we do with bees? You know, we sting them. You know, even when the bee is not even really hurting you, because he has a stinger, you're going to sting him, you know? And this is kind of a dangerous way of thinking. It's a dangerous way of, like, looking at a creature and being like, because he has, you know, a dangerous appeal, you know, this could be in regards to race, this could be in regards to sex, you know, maybe somebody has a dangerous appeal. For me, when I was a young person, a young woman, I feared men very heavily. I thought that all men were mean. Aggressive, and so when I saw like a bee, like a man, I would sting him first because I would get frustrated. I'd be like, You know what? I'm gonna hurt you first before you hurt me. But what if the bee is just flying around? What if he just wants, you know, to enjoy his life in the sun? What if he just doesn't even want anything to do with you? So I, t- I. I like this analogy. I like thinking of, you know, my emotions in this way. Like, I, I try to think when I am not understanding to why I'm feeling frustrated or angry or sad or, or terrified because of a trigger or a flashback. I'm like, where's the bee? Where's the bee in the room? Where's the bee inside of me? Am I getting angry because I think the bee is my partner? Am I getting frustrated with myself because, you know, I think the bee is me being an alcoholic and I can't do anything and I, I'm incapable? Is the bee the voice of my father telling me I can't do it? Like identifying this thing is helpful for me. I don't know if it's helpful for everybody. But I want to share this with you. You know, where are the bees in your life? When you go about your life, like, when you see something, when you hear something, when you do your life, you know, it's okay. We'll have bees everywhere. But there's also butterflies. (laughs) There's also flowers. There's also trees. Leave the bees alone. And sometimes, you know, things will have to, you know, the bee will come close and you'll see the stinger, you know, coming too close to you. You're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to feel? And it's good to analyze. Are you getting frustrated because you see the stinger and you, you know, you want to squish him with your hand and say, no, 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 stop. Is he actually doing anything to you, though? Maybe he might just be flying towards you and then leaving. Maybe he's just getting a little bit of pollen over here and just going on his way. Maybe he has no interest in you. I just like to share these things with you guys because I hope that maybe one person can benefit from my podcast. If one person, just one person in this life can, you know, feel less alone in their 
struggles of mental illness and addictions. This this is not a foreign thing. And one thing that's beautiful about... It's not beautiful, but one thing that's comforting about mental illness and addictions is... Mental illness and addiction? It's not racist. Yeah, it does sometimes target minorities. You know, people that are not as privileged as others. But trust me, rich people drink too. Rich people do drunk, get drunk and do drugs too. Privileged people, powerful people, smart people. Black people, white people, native people, brown people. Asian people. Mexican people. Mixed people, like me. So if you think that, you know, you're alone in this struggle, this struggle is not racist. (laughs) And we're all kind of in here together. Our experiences might be different, you know, because for me, it was culturally okay for me to drink. It was culturally okay for me to binge drink. Other people, you know, it might not be okay for their family or for their customs. But for me, it was always okay. And so in, re- in regards to recovery, that's something that is a little bit different for me, is I have to realize, like, it's okay not to drink because... It does not mean that I'm throwing away the customs of my father. It's not, it doesn't mean that I'm throwing away my, um, you know, my Latinohood. I'm not throwing away, you know, my adventures and my happiness that I've had. And this is just me. This is not everybody. This is not everybody that, you know, practices the same customs or is the same nationalities as me. But... It's good to keep note. It's good to know. And I do have to finish up here. But I want everybody to know that I hope that you have a day full of love, full of care. Do something for yourself today. Do something that's nice. Whether it's, you know, drinking a warm cup of tea. Relaxing for three minutes. Seeing a movie. Talking to a friend. Just feeling love and appreciation for what you have. Because life is beautiful. Sometimes it likes to tempt us. (laughs) Sometimes our minds get foggy. But life can be beautiful in ways. And with that, I hope that everyone has a good morning and a safest, safest, safest of travels.